Hey, Heather, it's Lori. I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to God's whispers and creating one of the most powerful women's ministry that I have encountered yet so far in my walk with the Lord. You have nurtured and guided me these last few months and helped me to not only grow closer to God, but to discover freedom from 50 years of dieting and comparison. (laughs) I've also learned more about myself and excited to continue this journey and not waste another second on the idols that have filled my heart. You've also created a group coaching atmosphere that allows a safe place to speak the deepest hurts and truths, therefore also gifting me with three sister friends that I have daily contact with. Again, there are truly no words to express how deeply thankful I am for you. I pray that you can continue to reach more and more women every day who can find freedom and joy that comes from a comparison-free life. All my love and blessings for continued success. Oh, Lori, thanks so much for that. It was truly my privilege to walk with you. And you've got me on the edge of tears today with that message. So thank you. It was an honor to work with you. And I really hope that someone listening out there has heard what your experience was in group coaching and is maybe stirred to try it. And I love how you called the women from your group, your sisters, you all truly have created an amazing bond. It just blows me away. I'm always like, oh, God, please help these groups to come together in a way where they will connect. And your group truly did. So that's been an honor to watch as well. If you're listening today and Lori's story moved you, hey, consider coaching get in on this. You do not have to keep struggling with your body image. I know you've tried everything. Friend, I get it. I tried everything too. Most of my clients are like, I ask, what's the number one concern you have? And they say that it won't work. So if that is your concern, you are in good company. But friend, I promise you there is hope to feel differently. There's hope to be changed. So if you went in on group coaching, drop me an email, heather at comparedo.me, or you can go to comparedo.me, look for the coaching tab in the coat in the menu, and you can find out more there. Okay. Now today's show is your favorite kind, I think, at least the numbers are showing. It's one of your favorite kinds. It's my intuitive eating coaching call with Aaron Todd and Charlie Castle from the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast. If you've not checked out their show yet, I would greatly encourage you to do that, especially if this whole concept of intuitive eating is brand new to you. But today we go to some great places, talking about satisfaction, talking about some places in scripture that I hadn't really noticed until today. So I think you're going to love today's show. Let's go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. 
Aaron and Shar. Good morning. Thanks for being my coaches today. We're excited. I I think these episodes have been really awesome. I know that my listeners have given me great feedback and I am just excited to see where we go today. Me too. Yeah. This morning I was reading in the Proverbs. I just do a, a daily reading plan to get through the Bible in a year. And I switched to the New Living Translation because I've been reading like the ESV and stuff year after year. And I was like, I'm just going to switch it up, find a new translation because things sound a little different in a new translation. And this morning, ironically enough, I came across Proverbs 13, 25, which said, the godly eat to their heart's content. I was like, heart's content. There's something there, right? It doesn't say to their bellies content, to their heart's content. And then it says, but the belly of the wicked goes hungry. But then my reading plan had me read Proverbs 13 and Proverbs 14. And the first verse of Proverbs 14, I've heard hundreds of times, (laughs) but right after that verse about eating to your heart's content, it says a wise woman builds her home but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And you guys, I was just thinking about the reality that part of my intuitive eating journey, part of my figuring out what to do with food and what to do with body has been recognizing that a lot of my issues are me tearing down my own home with my own hands right? It's Mm -hmm. me versus body, or at least it had been for decades. It's like, what can I do to make my body do what I want it to do? So I look the way I want to look. And it's been a battle. And so I don't know that that scripture this morning just really stuck out to me. And so that's kind of, that's where I'm at today. Yeah. I I like, I'm so excited that you're kind of bringing this light to our earthly home, which is our body. And I'm thinking about, you know, the, the work of dieting and and making yourself smaller through exercise, through whatever behaviors it is that truly is breaking your body down instead of building it up. It really is making your body weaker, making your body less healthy, like putting it in a place that it isn't thriving by your own hands instead of giving it the fuel it needs and building it up um, to make like this strong, steadfast health, you know, body to as much as you can control. Yeah. But I mean, it's, Um, it's mind blowing though. And, and I've said this in episodes before, you know, just how much of my life I've spent trying not to eat, but it's mind blowing to think I was just walking yesterday and I was just, I was thinking about how, like in a group of women, the one who says no, who doesn't eat, who eats the least amount, like she's, she's in the, I don't know, (laughs) the power position, right? Like Mm -hmm. she's the one everyone wants to be. She's, and it's like, wait, that is so twisted, mm-hmm. right? Because where, where did we come up with this idea that not eating is what's best for our bodies? Like that's clearly not scriptural, but it's not even like medically sound. Mm-hmm. And, yet, and, and, and so the concept 
that shrinking our bodies is what's healthiest mm-hmm. for our bodies. That's what you just said. Mm-hmm. And it is revolutionary, I think, at least for my people to think about it being any other way. Yeah. I mean, that is gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so, go ahead. You know, like the science 100% backs it up. So I, I keep coming back to this place where, you know, God may have created you in a larger body. You may have been in a larger body like your whole life, or you have, you know, a lot of fat stores or like whatever it is that that might just be the way God created you. And you're that way, you know, there also is like a symptom of putting more weight on your body from your lifestyle. Okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're not moving as much as, you know, your body was created to do, or you are eating more than you need for whatever reasons. And maybe you do gain some weight and your, and your, your body is a little bit heavier than maybe initially you would have been right. Like we know that that's a result of yo-yo dieting, this weight cycling, and usually your body takes on kind of a heavier weight. And trauma, right? Yeah. 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 After years of going through that. So when you find, if you're in this place that maybe your body is heavier than it was initial, initially like designed to be right. And it's the result of sin that it's heavier. Maybe it's the sin of trying to make it smaller for 20 Mm -hmm. years. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, who knows what it is, but Mm -hmm. here you are in this heavier body And our culture will say, you know, eat less, shrink it down. That's what's good for your body. But the reality is, and the science is that what is physically good for your body is accepting it, loving it, nourishing it, feeding it adequate calories, protein, whatever, moving it like doing these things to care for it and letting your body be in control of what weight it is comfortable at and settles at. Yeah. So I know for your listeners, you know, it, it might be a very difficult truth to kind of chew on and digest after listening to this today, but Mm -hmm your body might be very happy where it is now. Yeah. Even if you think that that's a weight that is, you know, heavier than it should be or should have been feeding it, nourishing it, moving it is the kindest, most healthful thing you can do for your body. Right. Yeah. Well, and I I'm feeling that I think just on my own journey, feeling that, and I I think I said this last time, feeling that stability that comes with eating regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, I am intentionally trying to eat breakfast as soon as I get up, which whether I was really trying to be an intermittent faster or not over the last decade, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure I was fully committed. I was more just like an accidental intermittent faster. And then when I found out what IF was, it was like, Ooh, well, I'm kind of doing this anyway. And I mean, so, and we talked about this in one of our early coaching sessions. So like my, my normal was waiting until 11 or noon and then just 
eating all afternoon, um, mm-hmm. which fits the IF model, but I don't think was good for me because of adrenal issues. And then I was having to take a nap and we talked about that before too. And so I'm, I'm kind of disciplining myself to eat breakfast. Um, and most days now I found that I'm getting hungry in the morning. And so that's, um, that's helpful <laughs> to eating breakfast in the morning is feeling the hunger. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's so like, it's so stupid to say out loud because, but I think my listeners get this. It's like, Oh, huh. It's really strange how, if you eat a healthy breakfast, I'm not hungry again until lunch. And then if I eat a healthy lunch, I'm not hungry again until like three in the afternoon. And then, mm-hmm. if, and it's like, no, duh, but <laughs> yet, the mentality of see how little I can eat all day and then snack it up from four o'clock until, you know, seven or eight or bedtime. It, that just runs, I think so many of us, and that's bad for our bodies in so many ways. And I don't know, I'm, I'm babbling here, but I I'm learning that, eating regularly balanced meals is helpful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's laughable, right? But, but it's the truth. But honestly, Heather, like, you know, we might say it's laughable, but truly we are all taught that we cannot trust our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, intentionally or not, the message is eat less, eat less, eat less, eat less. Uh, Our culture is very much like if some is good, then a whole bunch must be better, right? So Mm -hmm. like, if some portion control is good, then, you know, less must be better. Like, we're, we're very all in. And so for you to say, oh, my gosh, my body feels good when I'm adequately nourishing it, like, wow, that is revolutionary, Heather, for so many people, especially, you know, when you say like, I'm eating a healthy meal, you know, I'm assuming you're talking about you're eating like a nutritional meal, it's a very, it's high nutrition, it's maybe well balanced, maybe you're getting protein, carbs, fat, things that kind of hold you over. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, and, and I want to be clear. So people don't, I think we always assume, or at least I have this problem of assuming everyone eats better than I do, Mm -hmm. that everyone has this magical ability to eat perfectly or like make really great food decisions. And so I have to be kind of quiet about mine that, you know, I, you know, if, if I didn't eat a kale salad, (laughs) I shouldn't share that. Right. Um, and so I want to be clear, like, I think I'm trying to be intentional about carbs, fat, and protein, but that can look like a half a bagel with peanut butter and jelly on it. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm not like making like an egg scramble with spinach and, you Uh know, peppers and lean ground turkey. Like sometimes I do that and I I think that's good and I'm satisfied when I do. So I think it's so important, Heather, that you're pointing out, because I want to clarify, right, when we're talking about you're eating a healthy meal, that word is like Loaded. a mess, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like that word is such a mess. So I try to bring us back to we're talking about eating a nutrient dense meal. You're getting 
you're getting carbohydrates because your brain needs those to fuel. That's our main energy source. You're getting fat because it tastes good and it lasts a little bit longer to give us energy. Same with that protein. That's going to hold us over a little bit longer. You have a little bit more staying power and you're getting building blocks to build things that your body needs. So that, that picture of carbohydrates, protein, fat includes all foods, you know, looks differently. So can you think of kind of some of the data that you have gathered, Heather, with, okay, I'm noticing if I eat like a nutrient dense meal, how I'm feeling? Have you recognized, you know, this meal felt really good and was great. Um, That meal, not so much or... You know, yeah, well, carbs, mm-hmm. it's mind blowing. But apparently, all that data about needing carbs <laughs> is actually true, yeah. especially when I am doing mental stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. I know my brain runs on glucose. But I think, and this is a little embarrassing, I guess, to admit, but my pattern would have been try not to eat carbs for breakfast. Mm-hmm try to eat a low carb lunch and then sit down at my desk and have work to do and eat chocolate all afternoon, probably because my brain was desperate for the carbs to get the work done. And, I'm, and then it's like, I look back and I'm like, well, who was I fooling with that? Like stupid, you know, why didn't I just like eat a piece of bread mm-hmm. <laughs> with my lunch, you know, I'm like having soup or something where it's like, Oh, a piece of bread would taste really good with this. No, no, not going to eat the bread. Can't eat the bad bread. But then mm-hmm. I eat chocolate all afternoon. <laughs> so it's like, yes. it, you know, we fool ourselves you know, with these, I don't know, these patterns, but I noticed, so this was uh, last week and my husband was gone. Okay. So add the emotional layer of I don't know that I necessarily feel like super lonely when he's gone because we're both kind of independent, you know, but I, it was, it was, I guess the second or third day of four that he was gone. And I think it was more boredom, Mm -hmm. right? He wasn't here. The kids are busy doing stuff. And so I was binge watching a show Mm -hmm. and I was overeating. Like just kept, I bought some bark fins and I just kept going back to the bag of bark fins and, you know, every, as I was watching it on, you know, like a, on like a a network through like Roku. And so it had like 60 second commercials only. Uh (laughs) So I knew I had 60 seconds to go run to the pantry, grab a couple bark fins and run back. And I was doing what I've always done, promising myself that was my last trip, you know, promising myself there's only gonna be two more, you know, those kind of things. But I, you know, for a long time was doing that. And so I started to think about, okay, well, what did I do all day? Like, mm-hmm. what was there something that kind of set me up for that? And the other thing I bought was those Aussie bites uh-huh. from Costco. Uh, I and love so those. They're pretty nutrient dense. Yeah. Right there on the top of the package, it says they're 130 calories per little square. Of course it does. And they have, you know, they, 
they have good omega-3s. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't eat fish. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I need omega-3s. And so for breakfast, I had coffee and I had an Aussie bite. And because that 130 calorie number is staring at me, I, I think I allowed myself to, but I knew that I shouldn't really have any more than that. Right. Because that's a lot of calories at breakfast is kind of my default thinking, right? I'm not saying this is intuitive eating thinking. I'm saying this is like my default kicks in, uh-huh. right? And I fool myself into thinking because I've had that many calories. Well, I must be full, right? That's sufficient breakfast. And then at lunch, I don't, oh, I know what I had at lunch. I was really craving. I bought some cantaloupe and I like the whole like melon and prosciutto concept, but oh, I yeah, didn't, yeah. I'm not fancy enough to buy prosciutto regularly. So I had some ham, <laughs> some deli ham. And so I was like, oh, I'll have some ham and melon. Like that sounds like a good lunch. And so I had like, I don't know, maybe three slices of ham and probably the equivalent of like half a cantaloupe. But again, the brain is like, well, that ham has a lot of fat and calories and you ate like half the cantaloupe and probably went back and ate another, at least a quarter of it. I think my kids were in it too, but you know, I, I ate a lot of the cantaloupe. So maybe even, you know, most of a cantaloupe and ham and then my two Aussie bites. And I'm like, oh, I've had plenty of calories today, but I felt hungry all afternoon and kept convincing myself that I had had plenty of calories today. And then that night when I'm lonely and bored and I have no husband watching me, (laughs) I mean, not that he watched, like, I don't mean that to say that he's watching what I eat, but it's just the accountability factor of he may notice that I've gotten up 27 times to go back to the Parkinson's. None of that. And so the Barkins and I spent an evening together, but I will tell you that my response after all that was a growth point for me. Hey friend, are you sick and tired of stressing over your body? Are you to the point where you are ready to do something? Okay, you've tried all the diets, you've tried all the wellness programs, you've tried all the exercise programs, and you still aren't comfortable in your own skin. My friend, we need to work together. Now, let me be clear, this isn't a magic pill you're going to take. It's not another diet. But in my group coaching sessions, I try to put you on a path to freedom that you can continue to walk for the rest of your life. We have such a great time in group coaching. I bring women together and hopefully in a lot of cases, they've been able to stay friends after the group sessions are over. So you leave group coaching, not with just with a renewed sense of who you are in Christ and how to overcome your body issues, but also with friends to walk along beside you as you continue to walk this path going forward. I hope you'll consider group coaching. If you want to know more, go to compareto.me and go to the coaching tab and you can find out all about it. Sessions start in September. So sign up soon. I know it's going to fill up. So head on over to compareto.me, look for the coaching tab and sign up today. I'm excited for the chance to work with you. I will tell you that my response after all that was a growth point for me because I was able to be like, I just didn't eat enough. Thank you body for keeping me alive. Yeah, I needed it. 
I needed that. I'm not proud of the fact that I downed most of a bag of buckets <laughs> over a couple episodes, but I, I needed it. And so I'm going to learn and I'm just next time I'm not going to self, I don't know, we call it self-editing in, in the writing world, but. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of what we saw there, Heather was, you you didn't listen to your body when you were eating breakfast like that's how yeah. this started you listened to an outside rule right which by the way if we're counting calories looking at that that is like nothing not enough breakfast at yeah. all like not enough calories but that's what happened with your brain right you right. said oh that's enough calories i can't have more you tuned out to your body's signals you didn't wait for hunger and fullness for satisfaction yeah well and I think it's a memory like if I really want to go further it's a memory with because I haven't bought those in a really long time mm-hmm. and it's a memory uh, like emblazoned in my brain that those are high in calories and you don't like eat them all day or you mm-hmm. gain weight mm-hmm. and and so it, it's an association with that specific food and it's somehow those Aussie bites are on a bad, dangerous food list in my brain, you know, like other like bark fins aren't, (laughs) I mean, it's so irrational, right? Chocolate isn't, but Oh, those Aussie bites with their chia seeds and omega threes, watch out for them. Oh, they're so good. Yum. Now I like, (laughs) I'm like, Oh yes. Delicious. That's a really so, good example, Heather, for just remembering it. So I'm glad that was like a moment where it kind of clicked for you and you've got a response to it that changes kind of just how you're going to approach that next time, because there will be a next time of where your brain tries to second guess and do all the math and do all the counting when your body is telling you not enough and your brain's yeah. telling you too much. Um, that was an example of letting kind of the body take the lead there. And it's smarter than your diet adult brain (laughs) at this point it knows better and um at least for me I think probably my favorite thing coming out of dieting into intuitive eating was all of that brain space and bandwidth and mental energy I didn't have to spend doing that running calculation constantly and thinking about everything that was before and everything that's coming and trying to stay on top of the math it's like that constant chatter is silent now because it's like I don't have to do this math my body's gonna do it for me like do the math body (laughs) I don't have the brain space for that thank you very much for the brain space we've trained our brains to be against our bodies yeah and that feels like is that even possible yeah but I, I you know we've recreated or you know dug new neural pathways or whatever the scientists would say to train our brains to think opposite of the way perhaps God designed them to think, to be in tune with our bodies. Yeah. And you try to seize control. Yeah. Take over the show. If you're undernourished, if you don't have enough carbohydrates on board, then trying to get your brain to do the critical thinking, to move from those old pathways to the new pathways is very difficult. Mm. Your body is running on empty. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's where people get caught, Shar. Yes. Right. Because yes. if you never 
like, even when I'm working with people, if you will not be nourished enough, you are not going to change the patterns because you just don't have the mental capacity to do that unless you're fed. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's just have that plug here for eating disorder recovery. Mm -hmm. When you're recovering from disordered eating, especially if you're aware of intuitive eating and you're listening to these podcasts and you're hearing like what people are experiencing, you want to go straight to that intuitive eating. And there's, there's a space before that you can start implementing principles of intuitive eating, but things are offline. If you're that undernourished, you're not going to feel hunger and fullness. Your brain doesn't have the capacity to critically think. And so the beginning of your recovery might be what you're experiencing a little bit with breakfast, Heather, is I'm going to follow this meal plan from my dietitian, even Mm. though I don't feel hungry. I'm going to eat breakfast, even though I don't feel hungry, because I know that's what I need. And there's like this re-nourishment time to get you back online to where you can start tuning in and, and critically thinking. Yeah. I'm glad you said re-nourishment because I have a client now and I don't think I'm not going to name her name, but I don't think she would mind me telling this part of her story. And so she's been trying intuitive eating, but in that she's just trying to be free with food. And Mm -hmm. so she's enjoying the foods that she's restricted, but she's still well, she's still trying not to eat <laughs> and then eating all the food she was, she's restricted uh-huh. when she gets hungry and, and kind of classifying the like, well, I'm free to eat Oreos as her intuitive eating. But we, she and I have time, like you need a d- dietitian, but just from my perspective, it's like, it's probably that you're missing the nutrients because you uh-huh. can't actually make the decision not to only eat Oreos unless you have the nutrients. And I think that's where the step one of intuitive eating, and we talked about a couple episodes ago, but I think that's where it gets fuzzy, right? Because that honeymoon phase that I'm going to eat whatever I want. If, if you're still restricting and eating whatever you want, and I'm using air quotes, then you're, you're just undernourishing your body more, right? Yeah. So I want to bring us back to Proverbs 13.25 and Proverbs 14.1, the righteousness eat to their hearts content, Mm. but the stomach of the wicked goes hungry. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I thought it was a good discovery. It's, it's one of these, like, my eyes are tearing up because this is how, like, God talks to me. Like, I just light up when science and scripture mm-hmm. are so clearly paired together for me. Yeah. It's like, this is my, yeah. this is the gift that God gives me is when he I shows me the science I've learned in scripture. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's heart's content. Yes. Belly, belly is in the second part of that verse. He yep. could have said till their bellies full, till their bellies content, till their stomach is satiated. Yeah. The, no, it's just their heart's content. Yes. Super interesting. It is very interesting. I mean, that's just that flies in the face of everything diet culture teaches. 
-hmm. you know, we've talked about Aaron and I talked about satisfaction a couple episodes ago, but it's, you know, what does my heart have to do with my stomach? Food is just food. Food is fuel, you know, but there is that emotional component to food. There is that satisfaction factor there. There is something about it. Yeah. That, that verse holds a lot of space for, um, enjoying the gift of food and letting a good gift from God be something that satisfies you on a deeper level than just your biological hunger. It's like, you're happy. You're eating to your heart's content. You're celebrating life. Um, and I like, I mean, I think most of Proverbs is kind of setting up this contrast with like wisdom and foolishness. And you definitely kind of see that here in these, in these verses we've gone over. And that's, um, I'm, I'm seeing this kind of dichotomy as righteousness, a righteous person in right relationship with God is um, seeking wisdom and is wise through um, having embodied the teachings of God. And so it's kind of like this setup that we were getting uh, in our Bible study that we've been doing together the last couple of months, ladies, in um, Deuteronomy and in Leviticus, where the blessings and the curse that come from um, the covenant relationship with the Lord that he's setting up with um, the Israelites in the Old Testament. And part of the blessings that come with obedience, which would be wisdom here, is you have plenty and you are fed. Yeah. And one of the curses that comes from disobedience or foolishness is you starve and you plant food and you can't harvest it and your neighbors eat it instead of you getting to eat it and you are without. So I think it's this really beautiful picture of yeah, like the whole, not just physical food, of course, yes, physical food, but the spiritual food as well. Like it's just, it's so rich. Like these four like proverbs are amazing. Um, so I'm just, I'm really enjoying that on like all the levels and heart's content too. It's giving me, it's giving me identity stuff as well mm-hmm. because I'm, my identity is in Jesus and um, I'm just completely at peace in my body. I'm not going to be like heart's content, stomach being full. Like it's not even going to be something I'm thinking about. I'm just enjoying life and having this peaceful relationship with food and body and whatever um, wonderful setting that you're with and that the people around you, how you got the food. It's just this whole picture of abundant life to me. That's it. And that's what I'm seeing like as God, like God is this provider and he doesn't just provide you with enough to be like physically full or like just enough to survive. He provides this abundance of whatever your need is like to your heart's content. Yeah. It doesn't say like, I gave them enough calories to make it. (laughs) day right right like I will give you enough of whatever you need to your heart's content if you walk with me follow me well in an abundant life food is not a thing right like that's kind of what you were getting at I think Erin but it's like I've got more important things to think about than worry about food all day like that it's no like food is a part of what I have to do do as a human to stay alive and food, you know, is, is a functional part of a necessity of biology, the way I was created like that, but it's not like a thing, 
it's not what my life revolves around. And I mean, I was thinking about how many her conversations revolve around food and like, like so much of life revolves around food and, and really, you know, the dining or, or wellness, whatever word is, is, you know, popular, <laughs> I guess in your circles, but it's, it's a waste. It's not what's most important. But then Erin, you said something else you said about obedience. And I was like, I think that's a sticking point because I think there's definitely this, and I would call it an idol, but there is this message of obey diet culture. Yes. Obey these rules. And then God has his rules over here that aren't anywhere close to diet. I mean, yeah, okay. There's been some extrapolations from scripture about how to eat. And some of those may be fine. And some of those may be kind of what, where did you get that? Um, but, but it, obedience to who, mm-hmm. right? I think, I think there's a lot of us. I mean, I know I would say personally for my life, I probably spent a l- more years being obedient to diet culture than I did being obedient to God. And that's, that's not a pleasant thing to confess but it's absolutely true. Yeah. That kind of framing with obedience is what kind of got me thinking about it differently too. It's like, I, well, I'm following something. I'm, I'm subscribing to a certain set of rules that I live my life by and just the realization through compared to who the book (laughs) plug (laughs) that that was all food and body related. And God was not even in that picture was just, um, yeah, it's just so uh, it, it's an ugly and messy and very convicting wake up call, but you get to respond to that um, and grace. And so it's actually a good thing to be able to recognize your rules and your bandwidth and all of all of that has mm-hmm. been um, focused on the wrong thing for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so I want to I want to as we tie, tie up here, Shar. So someone listening to this, feeling maybe the a conviction, I guess we'll say, of, okay, yes, I have been obeying the wrong thing, but I'm going to bring up this horrible question that everyone has, but I still want to lose weight. Yeah. What do you say to that person? Well, you can be honest about it. Yeah, like, that's good. God already knows that that's a desire of your heart. He, he already knows that you care about that. And you know what? That doesn't make you a bad person. There is nothing wrong with wanting your body to look a certain way, to look beautiful. Right. That's valuable in our world. Yeah. That's something we as a human being, we appreciate beauty. We appreciate things looking nice. And we have this idea in our head of what that looks like. There's totally variations, right? Like we're all attracted to different types of art and different types of things. So you kind of have in your head, like what is beautiful and and what's this version of like an attractive body for you. And God knows that you feel that way Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be an either, or there can be an, and yeah. So God, I 
would love for my body to feel attractive. I would love to feel sexy in my body again around my husband. I would love to feel confident walking in a swimsuit. I would love, love for my body to be strong and healthy and feel comfortable in my clothes. And in my head, that means that my body would be a certain weight or change in a certain way. And I want that. I want that. And I want you more. Yeah. And I want to honor my body and I want to eat until I'm nourished and I want to move in a way that is comfortable. And if you won't give me this body that I feel sexy in, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. If my body's going to keep looking like this, okay. I do want it to change. I do. And I would love that, Lord, if you could provide that for me. But if it doesn't, you're still good. And I'm still good. And this body birthed two babies. And it has done all these good things for me. And so if this is my size for the rest of my life, my prayer, God, is that you will help me accept it. And that you will help me feel sexy in this body and that you will help me feel confident walking in my swimsuit in the body I have right now. Yeah. Help me honor you by nourishing this gift properly and moving it in a way that honors it. Yeah. Sure. You nailed it. The desire isn't what's sinful, but what are we supposed to do with our desires? We're supposed to surrender them, right? And so whether it's a desire to lose weight or desire to have a different shape or, you know, a different size nose, a different chest size, whatever the desire is, it's not that the desire is bad or there's a reason to have shame around that, or, but we have to surrender those desires and say, not my will, but yours be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Oh, sorry, that really encouraged someone today. I know it did. Hey, you. (laughs) Well, hey. (laughs) Stupid dog. (laughs) The dog's excited too. He agrees. (laughs) Hold on one second. I'm going to close the door. Oh, girl. (laughs) She she sleeps in now. And it's really inconvenient because she needs this like morning time of, of connection. <laughs> so she just woke up. Okay. Char, thanks. Thanks for, uh, for sharing that. I, I know that really spoke to someone today in addition to you. <laughs> yes, that was my prayer. Well, uh, I think that's all the time we have for today, but thank you all for being my coaches today. Tell everyone where they can connect with you and all the good stuff you have to offer. You can listen to the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast and check out our website with all the resources. It's intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. And I'd encourage you, if this is your first episode to listen to of this type, go back and listen to our other coaching episodes. They've been really good. We do one a month um, and they are they always have a subtitle of intuitive eating coaching calls. So you can find those on compare to.me slash podcast, but I think you'll really get a lot out of them. Well, thanks again, guys. I, um, 
I hope something in today's episode has helped those of you listening to stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.